Welcome to EduMatch Tweet and Talk number 18. So we're going to be talking about a topic that we've been discussing a lot in the Voxer group. Um, Dorian threw it out about a month ago, and there was a lot of conversation around this. So we're going to be talking about what made you fall in love with education. So follow along with us on this Google Hangout or on Twitter, and on Twitter, I should say, with the hashtag EduMatch. Speaking of EduMatch, check us out at edumatch.education if you want to sign up to be the featured person of the day. Also, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. At the end of this podcast, we will drop week three in terms of our Twitter uh, challenges for Connected Educators Month for those of us who are already connected via Regina Schaefer. So tonight's topic, once again, is when did you fall in love with education? So with that, I am going to turn it over to our moderator, Dorian. Take it away, Dorian. Good afternoon, late afternoon, evening, depending on the time zone. Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, this question was inspired by, um, I believe the movie was called uh, Brown Sugar. Uh, and the question and the running theme was, when you, did you fall in love with hip-hop? So my twist to the question at the time with the EduMatch Voxer discussion was when did you fall in love with education? So we're going to get started and ask um, Ann and Tammy when they fell in love with education. Um, let's start with you, Ann. Hi, uh, my name is Ann Manalo, uh, special education teacher at Richmond Hill High School, and I've been on EduMatch uh, three or four times now. So. Uh, I should be comfortable sharing uh, my journey and education. I I can't say there was like one pivotal moment for me, but I would say that when it started it, back in high school, and I was trying to figure out what I I wanted to be uh, after I graduated high school. So uh, it wasn't something totally significant. It was just something um, I was just looking into different careers and trying to find what would best fit my personality. And um, I used to recall the days that I would tutor my brother and um, I just loved to learn. I loved all the subjects. So uh, I started the, the elementary route. and. Uh, on my record, I have a bachelor's degree in elementary education. Uh, that's part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very good. Thank you, Ann. How about Thank you, Tammy? Hi, I'm Tammy Neal. I um, am a computer science teacher in rural North Florida. Um, I always knew, I knew from the time I was in kindergarten that I wanted to teach. But I, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't think I fell in love with teaching until probably four or five years ago. Um, a change in, in positions, a change in districts, a chance to start over fresh and dig in 
and really dig in and become a connected educator. Um, once I did, it was like, oh my gosh, I have to be the best I can be because I just love it so much. So I don't, I, I, I feel like the first 20 years or so of my career, I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, and now I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. For myself, um, I've shared uh, a great deal. I fell in love with education uh, the first time was when I was teaching um, a journalism class to a group of students in um, Harlem, New York, which happened to be some of them were uh, gang members. And I never will forget that the chief of police in their bureau told me, he said, uh, you know, I always know when you're doing your class at the Boys and Girls Club because my crime rate is low. Um, I love seeing students' light bulbs appear and just blow on top of their head with something that they figured out, something they created. And I'm all the more better of a person when I'm able to facilitate that learning. Um, so that's when I fell in love with education. Um, I would like to ask the panel, um, and, and Sarah, please uh, chime in and tell me when you tell us when you fell in love with education. All right, when I fell in love with education, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I just recently stumbled upon a project I did in first grade. I wrote a little book. Our teacher had us write these books, and we had wallpaper covers on them and everything. And in the book, it said, what did it want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? That was one of the Q&As for the authors. And I wrote in there, a kindergarten teacher. Now, it's funny because I've never taught kindergarten in my life, but I have taught first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and now ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, as well as adults. Um, so it's funny, I've taught pretty much everything but kindergarten. Um, and my path to the classroom was alternative certification, which is also yet another ironic twist. But I had been working with, uh, with children every opportunity I got from being a children's soccer referee when I was 13 to being a daycare attendant when I was 15 to being a camp counselor when I was 18 to the lead camp counselor when I was 21 and so it all just kind of made sense and I came through alternative certification and the best part of the, of the uh, job for me has always been the relationship with the kids. That's beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for sharing, and I just want to give a special shout-out to Melissa and Leslie, who uh, Melissa said she first fell in love with education, and she uh, when she uh, started working with small children, and she knew it was something that she needed to do with her life, and to uh, Leslie, who just said she started off loving it, bless her heart, from Sesame Street. I mean, isn't that the premise of it all? You know, um, everybody's fighting over Sesame Street now, and I think that's wonderful. Even the cable companies are getting involved. That's great. Uh, my question, my next question, um, we fell in love with education. And you know, sometimes love is hard. So my question is, um, what do you do when when those heartstrings are pulling, what do you do to restart yourself and to reboot yourself 
and to find that new rendezvous with education that you found on the first day when it was sometimes, in some cases, love at first sight. Uh, why don't we start off with you, Tammy? Um, I became connected. And, and I say that very carefully. I don't want to imply that the face-to-face -face connections weren't, weren't extremely important to me. But to open the door to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of these other social media aspects really kind of was a revival for me. You know, going back to a church analogy, you know, it was that, that blood pumping again because there's always a new idea coming. So there's always something I want to try. And, uh, okay, so I got a got my Spiro this weekend, so I can't wait to get back to school Monday. So there's always something new to look at thanks to the free the free flow ah, free flow of education from everybody that I connect with online. And what about you? What do you do to reboost and restart your love with education? Um um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a special education teacher right now, and for me, that's a lateral move uh, toward still having that passion for for education. Uh, I love what I do right now, and and it gets me, you know, really revived again uh, because because uh, the, the students I work with are special and unique and for me it's just being there for the students it has energized me to try to find creative ways to work with them and simply speaking it's just uh, it, it fulfills like a hole in my life right now and I feel like if I'm just there for the students and I can come up with something engaging and creative then it's all worth it and it's uh, I, I, I don't need to say more. It's just I just have that love for for my students and for education. I hope other teachers feel that way. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. I appreciate that. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, it's not always been an easy path. Um, there have been challenges that have come up along the way, just like in any relationship or love affair, as you said, uh, Dorian. There have always there have been sometimes that's been difficult, but just kind of recentering to um, the the reason why um, I started in the first place. That was like a great idea um, thrown out in the Edge Match Boxer group, and I just want to latch on to that. So shout out to Christy Kate for that. Um, just keeping why we began in education at the forefront of our minds, then that's always been uh, a good reminder and also celebrating the small successes. Okay, we have a question coming in from Brian, and he wants wanted to ask our panel, um, with so much testing and the emphasis on it lately, not being on students and centered in the classroom, how do we stay in love with education? Um, and why don't we start off with you? Um, there's not going to be a perfect system. It's not going to matter if you're in a, a public school, a private school, a, a charter, a home school. It's the, what the commonality that we have is to find like-minded folks. Uh, that's, that's one way to approach it and to uh, connect globally with people uh, people who are willing and, and, and able to 
share ideas despite the mandatory testing. And I, I do feel the pressures of that testing as well at my school. Oh, there's my daughter. <laughs> um, Tammy, what about yourself? Well, being in computer science, I have a little bit of a different pressure about testing. Uh, I, I um, prepare my students for industry certifications. And so one of the ways that I deal with the pressure there is, is like Ann said, I stay connected with other educators in my area. But at the same time, when I close my door, I am student-centered, period. You know, the test will take care of itself, and that's the same way I felt when I taught math for so many years. It was the student first inside my classroom. And if I don't have that student relationship, then they're not going to do what they need to do to prepare for a test. So the student always has to come first. No matter what anybody from the outside does, I am... I, I consider myself the last line of defense when it comes to keeping the pressure off my students. That's my job, is to make that relationship so they feel safe enough to learn in my classroom. Thank you, Tammy. And how about you, Sarah? All right, I'll be honest and say that testing is probably my least favorite part of teaching um, <laughs> especially when you get to the standardized test and uh, it's just it's just really a bummer you know and I, I feel like I feel like I signed up to be a teacher and not a test examiner um, but you know there's there's some things that that we just have to kind of agree well not agree with I'm sorry <laughs> but to, to roll with you know um, if it's if it's there, then you know it's something that 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 has to be done if it's mandated. So um, just accepting that not everything is um, not everything is all, is perfect in anything that you do, um, and just approaching it with that attitude and uh, just knowing that it's something that has to be done and getting it done, and then getting back to what we love to do, which is teaching our our young folks. Thank you, Sarah. For myself to answer the question, um, I have to be honest. When I don't think when we were little boys or little girls and we were playing schools that we thought about Common Core, um, that we thought about standards, and that we thought about assessments, formative nor summative. So I think that... Um, the more that I'm able to focus on the student at hand or the students at hand and the more that I'm able to reach the students and to see that their success whatever it is that I'm teaching whatever goal with the with the end in mind I don't too much worry about the test I think I think that that is more of a all I can say is for myself, the test just takes up too much time. Um, that that that's really all I can say. Um, outside of that, I, I really don't too much worry about it um, because um, I'm pretty confident in what I do, and I know that my students can make gains. But I think the frequency of tests uh, and the length of, of tests. Uh, is too long. When you look at a solid profession, 
uh, whether you are, you know, taking a test to be a bank teller for math or whether you're taking a test, uh, uh, writing a paragraph or whatever uh, for to be an administrator when you're applying for a job or what have you, it, it is still not the same as what we put on our students. So that's my bit with that question. Uh, my next question, and I'm going to round it up here. Um, this, I think this is my favorite question out of all that I'm going to ask tonight. I would like for our panelists to finish this statement. If I could teach forever, I would only finish that sentence. Uh, while we start off with you, Sarah. All right, sorry for the delay. I was trying to tweet it out at the same time, but I'll tweet it right after this. Um, so if I could. If I could teach forever, I would only do what was relevant. Um, oh gosh, and yeah, I would only do what was relevant, and <laughs> the rest is escaping me right now. I might be able to give a better answer a little later, but for right now, that's that's what I got. Thank you, Sarah. What about you, Tammy? If you could teach forever, you would? If I could teach forever, I would start saving now because my tech toys are only going to get more expensive. <laughs> I love it. And you, Anne? Uh, if if I were to teach forever, I would teach the love of reading because uh, um, I, I won't be there for my students forever, unfortunately. So if I pass on some, some uh, resources to them, they'll be able to, to help themselves. And that seems practical, but that's what I'm thinking of right now. <laughs> I might come up with another quote later, but <laughs> uh, thank you. And the love of reading is important um, for thank myself. You. If I could teach forever, I would do just that. If I could teach forever, I would teach what was relevant. I would add what was important and add more real-world connections and and make the time for students to become their own problem solvers instead of being to a curriculum or a pacing guide that says it ends there. That's what I would do if I could teach forever. Um, those are all of my questions for tonight. I want to thank everybody for being on the panel. And um, I have to say, Sarah, I'm going to bring it on back to you. All right, fantastic job as always, Dorian. Thank you so much for that. Uh, just a couple of comments in our Q&A. So Melissa is saying, not a question. We need to keep relationships at the forefront. Most important thing in education. Um, Michelle, uh, Michelle has seconded that. And she also added that Hernstein and Murray's um, 
this book, The Bell Curve, addressed the cognitive partitioning of America as a determiner of the haves and the have-nots. If we don't want some dystopian-type society based on an elite oligarchy, we had best keep public education, I believe she was saying, at oh, at the forefront. Okay, so great comments there. And um, thank you again to Dorian for moderating this. Thank you to Anne and to Tammy for all of your great comments. And thank you to everyone who was watching and participating with us, as well as um, being on the Twitter chat. So I see that some uh, some responses are still coming in, which is awesome. Just keep the conversation going with the hashtag EduMatch. So this Google Hangout will be stripped of video, just straight to audio, and it'll be available as an iTunes podcast in the upcoming weeks. Um, the Twitter chat will be storified probably within the next hour or so. Uh, so go ahead, get your tweets in, and they will be included in our storify. So come back next week. We're going to be talking with Leslie Fagan about encouraging fellow educators to take risks. And this is a one podcast where anyone can be a panelist. If you have something to say, you're an educator, then just leave a comment saying that you wish to be a panelist on our Google Hangout page. So the link for next week is bit.ly forward slash tweet talk 19, which has probably already dropped on the Twitters. On the Twitters. Um, <laughs> if you um, have a big educational idea on how you can change the world, and let's do that. We are doing a, a video that will be shown at the MSU um, Center for Teaching uh, annual EdTech conference on November 7th. So go ahead and just go to bit.ly slash bigeduidea just to see the different, um, just to see all the info, all the 411, the Connected Educator Challenges of the week via Regina Schaefer have already dropped. Check the hashtag EduMatch. Also, check us out on Facebook if you're there, bit.ly forward slash EduMatch Facebook. And subscribe to our podcast at bit.ly slash EduMatch Podcast. I'm going to turn it back over to Dorian who has something to say. Go ahead, Dorian. Um, I just want to leave these final thoughts. Um a lot of us out there, I guess we can be called teacher nerds or what have you. Uh, we mentioned tonight about being like-minded. I strongly encourage you uh, to join EduMatchers on Voxers. A lot of thoughtful and fruitful conversation goes on. There's a lot of camaraderie amongst us. And most importantly, uh, in a field or a profession where sometimes it can be lonely, I just encourage you to join in because, trust me, um, my brothers and sisters of education, uh, elementary, secondary, or higher education, you are not alone. And there is a support system where I believe all problems and great minds of life can be solved through matches. And I just want to take the opportunity to thank Sarah Thomas for coming up with it for us. It's a beautiful thing. It's changed my life immensely in the last three months. Thank you so much, Dorian. And I have to say, um, also, the pleasure is mine just being part of such a network of great educators. We all make EduMatch what it is. So thank you all so much for your support. Uh, Cindy just popped in the Q&A just to give Dorian props on tonight. So fantastic job. Um, so, also, don't forget, we have a brand spanking new Instagram account, so check that out with the username edu underscore match. So, we are now connecting on Twitter, on Facebook, on Boxer, on 
blogging, on uh, Google Hangouts, on Instagram. We have an appear in. We are everywhere, people. So let's connect and let's keep those conversations going. So everybody have a great night. Join us next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. So good night, everyone. Edge match. Edge match. Edge match.